on an all-new Buffy, he's the man who seems to have it all. Hey, I was just at the part where he invents the internet. For some, his charm is irresistible. I'm not sure that we can trust our memories. But for Buffy, it's quickly running out. People can't always see what's right in front of them. An all-new Buffy. Welcome to Chapter 11. Assassination and Infiltration, also known as If the Apocalypse Comes Beat Me. This is a weekly-ish podcast about Buffy the Vampire Slayer, where we take a look at each episode according to its original air date 20 years ago. And this week's episode is Season 4, Episode 17, Superstar. Oh, that might be trademarked by saying that. I've seen that way. We'll be talking about plot. We'll be talking about characters. We'll be talking about Jonathan and Jonathan.com. So spoilers abound for this episode, every episode before it, after it, uh, the comics, TV shows and movies. The Apocalypse. Oh wow, I don't ever have any of those. If the Apocalypse comes, beat me. That's beat me with a B uh, and an E. Technically three E's. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. Uh, my name is Kelly, and I'm here with my wonderful co-host Stacia. Say hello. Hello. And Daniel, say hello. I'm no Jonathan, but I'm doing okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 accurate. Uh, and in the interest of full disclosure, we're recording this on March twenty second, right? It's the twenty second, um, and I know the whole world is upside down, and I don't want to dwell on that because I think this should be a nice little respite from what's going on in the world. But I don't want to not talk about it because we can't not because it's affecting literally all of our lives. The plague that is COVID nineteen. So, but by the time you listen to this, hopefully everything will be fine. Listen, if it's still going on. We're in some shit. Yeah. Because you're not getting this for another month after we're done. <laughs> so if, it's, if it is still relevant now, yeah. as you listen, that's tough. Well, stay safe. Hope you're okay. And uh, maybe you'll enjoy this. We hope. Anyway, so what do we do? We watched season four, episode 17, Superstar, which originally aired on April 4th in the year 2000, written by Jane Espenson. This is the eighth of 23 for her for this series. Last one was A New Man, and the next one will be The Replacements. We won't see her again until season five, which makes sense because we only got five more. So that's not When you said that, I was like, oh my God, really? Season five? Yeah. Oh yeah, we're in season yeah. four. And it's episode three of season five, so not too far. Uh, directed by David Grossman. This is the fourth of 12 for the series. Last one was Wild at Heart, and the next one will be The Yoko Factor, which I hope I is, is good because I remember this episode being good, and we'll discover together whether or not it is. Um, there, what, uh, what uh, happened in this episode? by the way, which makes it maybe not so great. Uh, we start off and things seem a little off. We're not sure Buffy's being attacked by a vampire and she seems to not be doing so hot. She actually asked Xander and Anya to take one on for her because she can't handle it herself. And uh, it turns out that she's not really... She's the slayer in this world still somehow, but not exactly superpowered or at least appreciated. It's very unclear as to what's exactly going on. But we do know one thing. That's Jonathan Levinson. We defined that out for the first time just so you know. Jonathan oh, Levinson. Really? Is the best human alive? The best at everything, including yeah. vampire slaying, including basketball, including being a movie star, literally everything. Uh, so we kind of just hijinks around a little bit with Jonathan, like discovering this world where everything seems a little upside down. How huh, apropos, where Jonathan is the best thing that's ever happened, and it turns out that whatever's making Jonathan great, well, we don't know if it's related at first, but there is a a consequence perhaps, and that's the form of a bumpy lumpy demon with a not Greek letter on its head that's attacking Karen with a K and then attacks Tara, not great. Tara with a T uh, and some smoke. And then we discover through a book that, wait, Jonathan cast a spell maybe. 
maybe this isn't reality after all. And maybe this demon is tied to it. And maybe if we kill the demon, then then this world will go back to normal. And that's exactly what we do. And that's what happens. And nothing matters. Um, so there are some firsts, including learning Johnson's last name. And also about the uranium core, which Jane Espenson just wrote in for like funsies. And they were like, no, that's great. Yeah, we had no idea what we were doing. So yeah, sure, he's got a uranium core. That's great. That's great. Good for us. Amazing. <laughs> I love you, Cheryl. I mean, it, it might have been up to her, right, to make it up. And I, someone's got to make it up. Right? I don't know. that. Well, she, the way she, she said, although, talk about unreliable narrators. I'm not sure Jane Espenson really remembers the show and this like episode. Out of her mind. <laughs> I don't know. Well, she keeps saying stuff that's a little like half true. And she remembers... It's, it's so fun to... Because she did the director's commentary, I should say, for this episode, which I watched. And I'll mention a couple things from. Uh, but she... She only knows the writing side of it. It's fun to see mm. the like the directors because they can nerd out just on the technical aspects. And, and like that'll always be prescient, right? Like that'll always like... Because those directing techniques are probably still relevant and they can lock into it immediately. But for Jane, it's like, I wrote this story, you know, now four years... On, uh, three years right. ago. I don't really remember it. And she's remembering the script that she turned in. Mm. More so than what the episode became. So there's like at the very end when Buffy's like, Jonathan, the little moan thing. She's like, and then she says, just kidding, during the credits, which does not happen. Oh, But yeah. she wrote it in the script. So mm-hmm. it's like, something's just not 100% right. Anyway, I digress. Other first Well, if you're things. like Adam Driver and you like refuse to watch yourself. Oh, like yeah. he refuses to watch himself. I get that. I, I wonder if, to do that. But I wonder if there's also that for writers where they're like, I refuse. Yeah, she probably, I wonder if she's ever even seen the episode, right? She's like, yeah, ah, I like, can't. I think she has, but like, yeah, I can see. That's probably easier for a writer, you know. Right. It's it was probably more fun for a writer because yeah. your words are coming to life. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. And Doug Petrie certainly loves to hear his own name, well, to Doug watch Petrie his things back to him. on the shit list. <laughs> we will not talk about him till season five. Another first, this is, even though we don't name it, the first instance of a tomogenesis. So in season six episode Afterlife, there's a poltergeist that is created because Buffy is brought back to life. It's the consequence of the spell. And then they make it corporeal so Buffy can kill it and send mm. it back to its elementary or whatever. But this is technically the first instance of it in the Buffyverse because D- Jonathan did a spell. A, mo- a being was created as a consequence of that oh. spell. And then they had to kill it. So first instance of tomogenesis. Isn't that neat? Uh, and... Okay, but if Buffy could kill her Genesis and she doesn't die again, then how come they kill Jonathan's mm. and he goes back to nerd Jonathan? Well, the the definition in universe of Genesis is just that the being is created, not necessarily its complexity as like its relation to its spell or whatever. It's just that the sheer act of doing a spell, something is created from it. This one happened to be that the monster was then tied intrinsically to Jonathan or the reality that was created without the Buffy one. Was Conveniently, not. Buffy's wasn't. Conveniently, Buffy's wasn't. Yeah, well... When the plot demands it. Uh, so Brad Kane, who is the voice of Aladdin, was also Aladdin in the singing voice, the cartoon. For from the... Disney. Yeah. The Disney movie, yeah. Aladdin, 1993. Whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, not the newest one, sorry. The, yeah. the original cartoon. No, I mean, like, okay, yeah. I, I mean, I'm there. Yes. Right, because it's 2000. So. Um, wow. And I'm sure I've mentioned this before because I would have mentioned it during the prom. He was actually, he played Tucker Wells, the bad guy in the prom. But he does the singing for oh. Jonathan in this episode during Serenade and Blue. So that was cool thing to know because I've Whoa. moved on from first to fun facts, oh, fun facts seamlessly without any kind of segue. Good, so, good. Maybe uh, that's why I was confused. Professional. And yes. another reason why you're confused is because Danny Strong does a fantastic job of lip syncing. Like, oh. holy shit, he oh. nailed it. Loved it. You would never know. And oh. also Brad Keane's, like uh, Jane pointed out in the commentary that 
his, his speaking voice sounds a lot like Brad Kane's singing voice. So it, it just really worked super well. They also sent him a trumpet so he could mind playing, which I'll say he does a good, great enough job. Again, like I, I, sold. I, I did not think Danny Strong played the trumpet for one second, but he did better than, than Seth better Green. Better than us. Better than Seth Green. Can't, can't and the rest of the band is playing. Like the guitar, I mean, he's playing the song. I'm well, pretty sure. Maybe. So the guitar, there's no guitar in that song. Well, I mean, it might be so low. He, as at least they all seem to be like playing to the song. They're a real the band. This this band okay. was something review that I should have wrote down, but I didn't. They, yeah. They're a real band. Uh, but I tried really hard to find the guitar in that. Song. At least he's not just like. There isn't. Oh yeah, yeah. Doing the side green. Just like strumming. All the props that were made in this episode, all the Jonathan paraphernalia, the Johnny O's, all that stuff, mm-hmm. were really fun. And apparently Jane Espenson took a box of Johnny O's and took, like, posters, anything that she could get her hands on. But there was also comic books in Xander's room when Buffy goes to see Anya. There's uh, a bunch of comic books around, too, that are, like, you know, tales about Jonathan, mm-hmm. I guess. And Dark Horse actually fabricated those. So the real comic book company that produces Buffy yeah. comics, or it did... Uh, made those comic prop comics and inspired Jane Espenson to make an actual comic book about Jonathan called Jonathan, codename, comrades, about communist vampires. That's right. <laughs> so that happened I because want of this episode. To read that. Um, Jonathan's collapsible crossbows that you, you kind of only see right at the beginning, uh, right after the opening credits, right. where they're at Giles' apartment. He like pulls one out and then it goes, Tink! and like, it's, mm-hmm. it don't exist. Uh, or at least they didn't have access to one because they're not small like that. So they specially designed those little collapsible crossbows. And I was like, I'm pretty sure you didn't make them just for this episode because I'm pretty sure I've seen them in this show other than this episode. And the only episode I could think of seeing them in was when that happens after this. So I was like, touche. Touche. Oh, because of the angle of the shot where Willow and Tara are taping pictures onto the wall for the little Jonathan collage, turns out they weren't actually taping it to a wall or even a poster board. They were taping it to one of the crew members' hands. There was a guy crouched underneath the camera with his hands out, and they were just taping the pictures to his hands. And then when they obviously when they turned the camera, it was to a wall that they'd already created and everything. That's but it's like, so can you imagine being Allison Hannigan and Amber Benson just like, Tape it to his hand. I think it'd be weirder to be the crew member. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but like below the camera. To have to be acting and like remembering your lines while you're just like, tape it to his hand. I don't know. Just... That's why you're not an actor. Yeah. <laughs> that and many other reasons. <laughs> and all the media within the episode about Jonathan, like the little interviews with him that we see when we go to Adam's Lair and we see him like on the red carpet yeah. and we see oh, yeah. him accepting awards and stuff like that, as well as all the. Every picture you see of him, you know, like this Jonathan.com, his poster on the back of Riley's door, all this right. stuff. So, that was done in like a day-long photo shoot with Danny Strong before he'd gotten the script. So he had no idea what the fuck was going on. He hasn't been in an episode in forever and he's like, I'm in. This is great. So what a great sport. So good. Um, and that's all I have for fun, Thavex. But this episode left me wanting about things to talk about and, and questioning reality. And I just don't know if I'm in the right mindset. If we, as global citizens at the moment, are in the right mindset for this episode. But it did leave me with a big question, and that is, is Jonathan.com a real website? These musty old books have a great deal more to say than in any of your fabulous web pages. And I can say emphatically, it is. It is. It is, or was, but still is. So a guy named Jonathan Costello owns Jonathan.com. He has a, he created it around 2016 and mm-hmm. hasn't updated it since then, but it has two technically blog entries one that says this is a test don't know if this is going to stay up here but just just testing things out and one that's about uh programming languages it says bull and pair are dual and then goes on to a bunch of stuff that i don't understand but one of the links on his website is his resume 
And it's really cute because I'm pretty sure this is somebody who was in college because he's like projected graduation uh, PhD in software engineering is 2022. And he's like, I'm a student at UC Davis or you're right. Yeah. USD, whatever. University of California, Davis. Uh, And he says in his resume that he is the chief information officer at Costello something networks. And I was like, wait, that's his last name. Wait a second. He has his own company. He must have a family company. And he works for them because he's got to be younger, like or just based just, on his resume. He made it up. Like I, I'm running right now. Well, I had to know. Costello Family Holdings. I had to know. And it's real. As far as I can tell, it's real. And it's owned by his father and his uncle. Are we getting paid by, for this? Are and advertising? He is the, the credited on the website as the chief technology officer. But what does this company do, you might ask? I am asking it. From what I can understand, it seems as though they just buy domain names. That's what I would guess. Yeah. I mean, Jonathan.com is a great domain name to it have. It is. But they also are the proud owners of PalmSprings.com. Great. And uh, Daycare.com. That's a good one. Um, the LagunaBeach.com. So, decent. Decent if you're so in Laguna Beach. Their CFO is Victoria Costello, who I believe is their mother. I, who used guess. to run something sounds really shady called the American Birthright Trust out of South Florida. So. Oh, out of South Florida. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. Jury's out on Jordan Costello. Jordan, so th- Jonathan did, Costello. Did they ever own Jonathan.com, do you think? They still own it. They no, 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 they don't. No, no. Did like, Buffy. Did Buffy own it? Oh, I doubt it. Like, did, did they actually, for the moment, you know, they'll sometimes do this. I mean, some, sure, some I, shows still, it's like yeah. built into the fucking... Like, well, I mean, Westworld, when it was still themselves. cool, was like a huge thing. And that was like a way to solve the puzzle. And like, they had all I kinds of I still think you can go to like the Walter White, you know, when you can give money, you can donate money or whatever. They built a fake website. For Walt Jr., he made that website. That oh, really? And so many, so there's so many websites like that in oh, TV sure. shows. But I just wonder if they're still around. Like, I just wonder if Buffy ever paid for it. I think you would do it today. I don't think you would give that up, or you'd be hosted on HBO.com, right, for Westworld. Mm-hmm. But like, do you think that they ever bought it? Because I don't that's pretty bold to just be like so. Jonathan.com. It could be a porn site. Like, that seems crazy. That's a great point. Or the internet's so new. I think that's like, what it is. I think that it was so novel. Like, it's just that... so funny. Jonathan.com. Of right. course, it's not his. I think they were they were okay with the gamble because it's the same thing as when we put fake phone numbers in TV shows, right? It's like True. they probably aren't real. T- they're more careful about that, actually, than putting the fake phone numbers because people would and have called. So I think they're like, maybe somebody will fucking go to Jonathan.com, but it's not worth us to invest the time. I think if you were to ask them today, they would probably say, I, we, should, I, we wish we would have bought it. Because then you could at least just have a splash header with the totally. with him, you know, his shoe brand or whatever. It's like, oh, it's such a. It was, I can imagine it being such a fun website, but yeah, but not in 2000. It wouldn't be awesome. No. It would just be a GeoCities website. Absolutely. But Space Jam still exists, so the Space Jam website still exists. So. Yeah. Are you having been there to the no. Space Jam website? Is it like updated for the movie that might not be? No. Oh, You've never even done Space Jam. <laughs> It's all still there. Incredible. Incredible. So that's what I mean. Like, how cool would it be? Did Warner Brothers forget they own this? No, it's, it's always comes back. Like, it's like uh, Heaven's Gate. Every five years or so, someone's like, hey, SpaceJam.com's a thing. And then they like, hey, SpaceJam.com. Shit. Shit. Yeah. Shit. I don't know if the games are still you need the show. Oh, God. No. It's like, now it's like Shockwave is not a thing. You need the Shockwave plugin. Oh, see, I love this. I remember old websites in the day used to have these. The the behind the jam. 
Incredible. Very funny. Let's all laugh at the duck. And that point guard, standing three foot three, four feet if you include the ears, co-captain of the two squad, Doctor of Delight, Bob And now, the player coach of the Toon Squad, at six foot six from North Carolina, his royal airness, Michael Jordan! Who? Is he a Looney Toon? Uh, uh, well, perhaps. I don't think they ever did, but if they, I do believe you are 100% correct in that if it were airing today. They have to have Jonathan.com. I think they got to contact Jonathan Costello and be like, hey, we own this now. Well, or they would just... And their family business would be like, ha, 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 you're messing with the wrong jabronis. Or they'd be like, it's $10,000. And they'd be like, okay, Jonathan.net. It's fine with us. Thank you. (laughs) Goodbye. We'll change the posters. Also, we don't care. Uh, so that's all That's all I've got for, for good news, for good and great and good news, because... I don't know. I, I remember, I would love to get both of your opinions. I know that was a, a big download right up top, but I would love to ask you, Stacia, personally, how you felt about this episode. Um, historically, I like this episode. I would say that's accurate for me as well. What about in the present? You know, I don't know that it's fair to judge this episode right now. Do you think that because of everything we're dealing with, with the coronavirus stuff, is like put you in a weird headspace and maybe not a receptive Jonathan as a superstar headspace. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think this episode is still fun. For some reason, I remember it being more fun. Like the web of Jonathan goes deeper than it does. I don't even know functionally what that would mean. (laughs) (laughs) The deeper web of Jonathan. I I kind of thought it was way shorter. So I, I liked how much... Time we got in the Jonathan verse. Yeah, Daniel, how do you how do you feel about? It? I love this episode. Yeah, yeah, it's so, so fun, so funny, and it does it. Uh, why I like it is because I don't want to fucking spend a whole episode on the initiative. I don't want to spend an episode on Riley and Buffy. I don't want to spend an episode on Tara and Willow getting to know Buffy. I don't want to do any of that stuff. So instead, we get to have fun hijinks with Jonathan, and we get to just be like, "Hey, the faith stuff is done." Hey. Tara already knows your friends. Hey, Willow's hand-holding with Tara, and everything's cool. Hey, everything's fine. We've moved along the plot, and we've done it in a super fun, creative way. That we then can move on to Riley having sex with Buffy for a whole episode. Because can you imagine having some fucking drawn-out nonsense instead of having a a schmoozy Jonathan be like, given life advice because it's funny when he does it because it's fucking Jonathan and the whole world is Jonathan's world but all of his advice is spot on everything he says is great but if you had to put that in a whole episode of like seriousness it would be horrible but to just have a funny character in a different universe alternate universe explain the same thing is great I agree with your points which is why I have to feel like maybe I'm just not in the mood for it which is a bummer because if you ask me season four standard episodes this was always in the list Superstar always made it up there with Hush and Something Blue is just because it was so fun. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this isn't fun and it's taking forever. So I got to feel like it's just my state of mind. But it's interesting that you say that 
it's not a Buffy, you know, we, we didn't have to deal with the real guts of the Buffy Riley situation, but I feel like that was all I could see in this episode was them, them, them. But you're right. If, if we didn't have this levity baked in because it's such a ridiculous thing, it would have been drawn out. And I mean, even Jane Espenson said as much about the episode where it's like, we get to, they don't need to have the conversation because we can just move on and, and we don't need to do it. I mean, no Jonathan, but doing okay. And the tarot meeting the friends, like it's crazy that we didn't reintroduce well, them, but like, I guess we just count Faith, Buffy being in Faith's body as them actually meeting. But yeah, you're right. It's probably better that we just said, fuck it. And, and even whatever is, whatever it. fake initiative <laughs> bullshit is happening, it's probably for the best that we don't dwell. That we just keep on trucking and get through because, like, oh, my God, it's barely holding water. <laughs> it's, it's we've just, introduced a colonel. We Like, the U.S. <laughs> Army is now officially We're gathered here. around a dining table. Like, I don't know what's going on. Got the camera under the table. Like, it's just so bad. It's, so I, you can just yada yada it, it away by having... Jonathan walk in in fucking full fatigues. Like, oh, yeah. it makes no goddamn sense. <laughs> and it's the best. I mean, it's just the fucking best. Yeah, I... I'm, I'm I mean, I get it. I feel the same way. It's like, once you're finished watching... And I also do it differently than you guys. I sit there and I fucking take all the quotes. And there's so many great ones. There's so many, like, iconically funny images in this as well. And I just take screenshots, you know, for the website and stuff. If I'm just watching this straight, I can see sort of dipping in and out. Like, and that's why it's really not like, it's not the greatest episode ever. It's definitely not the best of season four even, but it's just, it does, because we're getting tired of all of the stuff that they're introducing. Like even Adam, Adam was tolerable. All of that was fine because you have this other random guy and we have Jonathan as the foil and we have Adam being the only one who knows. He's like, this is, this is bullshit. <laughs> like that was legitimately funny. We're like, yes, yeah. cool, Adam. All right. This is great. Tell me, who is he? <laughs> oh, you're joking, right? Jonathan is Jonathan. Look. These are lies. None of this is real. The world has been changed. It's intriguing, but it's wrong. Feels okay to me. You're under his spell just like the others. I seem to be the only one who's not. Really? Well, what makes you so special? I'm aware. I know every molecule of myself and everything around me. No one... No human, no demon has ever been as awake and alive as I am. You are all just shadows. Oh. So, what do, you, what do you do now? Hey, you could kill Jonathan. Well, or you could try. The guy's like a dynamo of action. I don't need to do anything. These magics are unstable, corrosive. They will inevitably lead to chaos. And I am interested in chaos. But then he says a bunch of dumb shit. I, I feel every molecule in my body. Like, okay, all right. Jane said that was tapping into some real sociopath, psychopath stuff. And I was like, what? I'm glad she said that. Because if you view it through that lens of where that is true, right? That like these people have, I don't know, Stacey, you're the expert. That's why I'm looking at you. <laughs> like uh, serial killers and psychopaths, they have that like super ego thing, right? Where they're mm. kind of on a different level than everyone else. Some of them, I guess. Well, they have no empathy, right? That's yeah. just kind of a given. Mm. Yeah. So Adam being like, I'm... You guys are idiots. You're just yeah. You don't actually exist. Hey, I like feel everything. Good luck trying to take down Jonathan if you can. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> That'd be a very good. Very funny. 
this episode really does benefit for a lot of subtle jokes, which is why I think Jane was was tasked to do this. Uh, it's, this was Joss Whedon's idea, the premise of the episode. Mm-hmm. But I, I think if you want some lighthearted stuff and, and you need jokes, 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 you'd go to Jane for it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it really does depend on the first watch, I feel like. A lot of them only land the first time around. Mm-hmm. But there's still a lot of, of subtle stuff holding it up. So I'm trying not to to bring it down too much because I know I really love this episode. So I'll just kind of give it the benefit of that. But it is all about Jonathan, right? It's all about Jonathan. Uh, so I'd like to, to delve into that a little bit deeper. Um, I'm specifically curious, Daniel, as your defense of why no one thought about the, came to the conclusion faster of why this is bullshit because it's so extreme. His fame is mm-hmm. so extreme. His talent is so extreme. But, you know, but if it's always been that but way. But if it's always been that way. Just logistically. Logistically. Okay. I mean, it is incredible. I mean, Buffy basically breaks it down. How did he do the Matrix when he never left town? Yes. I'm just saying, it doesn't make any sense. He, he started in the Matrix, but he never left town. Like, that's the... So that that's the brain. That's that... Um, Like, there's some crazy spell going on. Like... Right? I mean, he's mm-hmm. like completely changed. Yeah, it has to be that thing their... where like the second they would realize it, it's like, like spell gas. But they're not allowed to because the spell like is stopping them right. from being like, oh, no, no, no I'm, I can't think like that. Right. Literally everyone is just so enamored. And it's just like, Buffy, you're stupid. We don't trust you at all. You can't do anything. <laughs> Buffy was right. Buffy was right. Doesn't sound very likely, does it? Like, is this the meeting? Where's Jonathan? They uh, apparently this. during the scene at the the post credit scene right before like at Giles' house when I don't remember who does somebody throws a spike at Buffy to like catch her or whatever she's supposed to like blah, 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 comically bobble it around and I'm like I'm glad that didn't make it because I think that might have been a bridge too far but yeah it's she, Janice Bazin said that she really wanted to flesh out the world of like what Jonathan would look like but I would say she failed in that I would say I know nothing about Jonathan other than just assume he's the best at everything. Which I get because like you only have thirty minutes really to like kind of discuss it, but like what did you want? I mean, how did how was he a star basketball player? It, like how was so, how was he all these every things? Every childhood dream he ever wanted came just, true. He's naturally good at everything. He's naturally good at everything. But I'm not even taking away that he's good at it. How do you have the time to do all the things at once? And if you could do anything because you were the best at everything, why would you just be following around Buffy and her friends? The man moistens his eyeballs and we're having a meeting about it. Because he's the most interesting man in the world. Is he? Yes. Oh. Are famous people James not allowed Bond. to have friends? <laughs> he has James Bond's theme song, somehow, underneath him at all times. Constantly playing. <laughs> do you think that's actually playing? No, in, well, in it's universe? definitely some type of... well. Is it James Bond? Like, is it a knockoff James Bond or the real James Bond? No, No, but it's so close that it's. Are you? Is it dicey? Did they have to pay for that? Like, and plus, they're like ten second stings. I don't think that would have been a fun little thing for Buffy to be like. Do you guys hear that music? (laughs) That would have been great. (laughs) That would have been great. (laughs) Well, I just wrote down a whole list of why Jonathan is is the the most interesting person in the world. And maybe you've just forgotten James Bond theme song, of course. Effortless banter. With uh, with Giles and Buffy, uh, Willow is fawning all over him for his hacking skills. He got in there oh, that's right. just like that. And you would have got there too if he just gave you a little more time. <laughs> uh, what is it? The Nimzowich, the Nimzowich defense, which is a real chess thing, by the way. Yeah, Jane was sad that. that she couldn't get get it right. I think we have a plan. Buffy, you go in first. Let him get a look at his Slayer. Xander, and the Nimzowich defense. Let's see if I remember. Mm-hmm. Mate and four. You almost got me that time, Rupert. Shoots up a crypt like it's nobody, nobody's business. That's really Jonathan, I want to say. This dude's rolling around. He's jumping around. He's kicking. 
That's him, right? He's no, doing... okay. So, and Jan Espenson pointed this out. That's they had like the closest match for a stunt person ever. No, 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 no. But in the universe, Jonathan. Oh yeah. The Jonathan character mm-hmm. is jumping around oh, yeah. and doing. Yeah. That's impressive. Yeah. He's doing great. He's shooting great. Like I mean. Maybe he can't play basketball and stuff, right? <laughs> Maybe he can't do any of that stuff. But I mean, he's like shooting stuff yeah. and punching people. He's doing great. Uh, he goes tete a tete with uh, Spike. Oh, yeah? Because he's, you know, he's afraid, he's afraid of nothing. Back off, Betty. It's Buffy. You big bleached stupid guy. Um, he has a, so many photo shoots to provide Tara and Willow with all of those photos. That's a lot of photos. It is. And in between all of that, they also decide to take like a mountain lion also and put it in there like with everything else. Oh, in the else. Yeah. Just so you know, he's ferocious. He's also... He's oh, a beast. He's also ferocious. What would Faith say? Manimal. Dr. Jonathan Chase. Wealthy, young, handsome. A man with the brightest of futures. A man with the darkest of pasts. From Africa's deepest recesses to the rarefied peaks of Tibet, heir to his father's legacy and the world's darkest mysteries. My son, you must have faith and learn. This is not the end. This is the beginning. Jonathan Chase. Master of the secrets that divide man from animal. Animal from man. Wow! Animal. Wow! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he drinks out of large yellow mugs, only one sip before walking away. Uh, he's quick with an autograph, and he offers great advice to Buffy. In particular, when Buffy was like, I know that Riley slept with Faith, but I know that he thought it was me. And he's like, I know you know it, Buffy, but you got to believe it. It's like that. That's good advice. It's true. It's true, and that's she got around to it. Uh, he knew how to spell Karen with a K correctly. She was really yeah. excited yeah. that he spelled it right. He she checked immediately and was like, "Yes, <laughs> this is great. I'm a real character." So weird. I didn't. I did not expect her to like come back around and get attacked when she was spying on his fucking. <laughs> oh, out of this world! Hilarious. Um, he's got, he's got his own athletic shoe. Uh, later, we learn he's a professional athlete in literally every sport. He's a fo- like I thought when he when she picked up the. All the playing cards, he is the football player, mm-hmm. the basketball player, the baseball player, literally every single sport. Yep. Um, he has a line of comics, as we said. He invented the internet, started the Matrix without leaving town, graduated med school at 18, coached the U.S. women's soccer team to an Olympic Cup victory, has his own swimsuit calendar that challenges Giles and Riley's masculinity. <laughs> uh, Giles, do you have a Jonathan swimsuit calendar? No. Yes. It was a gift. Introduced a, by the colonel of, a, of the U.S. Navy, and Graham replies, it's time that we brought out the big guns. He loads up a gun as he had a, has a heart-to-heart with Riley. And then we cut back to him as he says, people can't always see what's right in front of them while he's wearing a blindfold about to shoot apples off of other guys' heads. Living human beings. Living human, but he's going to do it. Jazz Night at the Bronze. We've never seen Jazz Night at the Bronze. At first, I did not know he was going to sing. I kind of forgot all about that. And we're just like, and what like, a weird themed night in no, Jonathan like, universe. What a classy universe. He's nice. just classed up the joint. Because yep. what's classier than jazz, of course. Uh, jazz is classed up the joint. But of course, he gets out there and he croons. Serenade Blue. And then fucking on the trumpet. And oh what's a Tara is like, oh my god, it's from his new album. album. Which was so good. 
Um, all the women yell his name in bed. Yeah. Uh, obviously with the joke at the end, but Anya was Xander. Um, he knows the sergeant of Sunnydale PD by name. And the police are just performing a routine check of his house mm-hmm. at all times. Yeah. So what a service they offer to the rich and famous. Um, and then in Buffy lore, he crushed the bones of the master. He blew up the snake made of mayor. And uh, Xander at the very end said, I liked his clothes. He had really nice clothes. That's true. And, uh, and I think everybody, that, that's Jonathan in a nutshell. Yeah. The most interesting man in the world. Thank you for that. That uh, What's, what is Delve short for? Delve is just a word. Thank you for that dive into, dive into Jonathan's that. accomplishments. Yeah. That's, I think, that's, everything. I, I think you did great. I don't know. I don't think you missed anything. And that's pretty much the whole episode. I mean, that's kind of what's crazy about it all. Yeah, it's like, that's, all of it is just the gags. And then you get the final fight where there's like a threat of him pushing Buffy down into another huge gaping hole. Where do these things come from? And then he doesn't. And then he, and he like stands toe to toe with that other monster, and then again he almost falls down the hole. Just like didn't we see? We saw this with um, what was it Doomed or whatever it was when uh they well, were well that was the Hell Monster. There's like that a was the Hell Monster. Oh bit sure, but it was yeah. still the same like falling down and like I grabbed grabbed him or whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It was just it shows her holding his foot too. It's like yeah. oh get out of here. It's so bad. So anyways he. I don't know what he really got out of it. They're still friends. Are we going to see Jonathan again? I mean, I know yeah, we see we him, but not until season, season six. six. Yeah, okay. I think he's in a single episode of season five. Actually, it's the last time. Does he ever bring this six. up again in the show? Mm. Is this ever a plot point again? I'm. I can't imagine that there's not a throwaway line at least mm. at some point when they're like the the trio were hanging out that they don't mention that they they must because there's definitely the the episode where they repeat the day where Buffy's got to repeat that task over and over again and they're all kind of boasting about their their prowess and magic and stuff. So mm-hmm. I can't imagine that he won't throw this in there. Yeah. But And he like did a spell. Oh, or maybe not because they, they're they supposed to have forgotten actually, right? By the end of it, the memories are all fading. Everyone forgets. Ah, uh, true, true. So I don't know if we do actually mention this ever again if everyone has forgotten. Yeah. Unlike Xander who lied about not remembering being a hyena. I think right. that like legit no one remembers. I feel like someone should write it down immediately. Yeah. This like fucking a, crazy thing happened. Like an episode of TV. Just write it down. Yeah. Make a script out of it, you know? What a good story. <laughs> what a great story, and thank you for that explanation. But I still, I think you missed one piece. Mm. I mean, you kind of touched on it a little bit. Uh, of why Jonathan's actually very endearing in this episode. Because he, d- when he's saying, Willow, you would have gotten there eventually. Or mm. Buffy, all that matters is that you're doing your best. He means it so earnestly. He does. He does. Like, it, it can almost, it sounds a little condescending, but I don't think for a second, and the character's definitely not supposed to mean it in a condescending way. He's like, Jane went out of her way to just talk about during the commentary that, like, every time he says something like that, like, he he means it. Like, he's, he's just trying to be a nice person. It's like, if you could imagine somebody who's gone through being kind of treated like crap or, mm-hmm. like, ignored or whatever, and then instead of turning into, like, a supreme asshole. Yeah. They turn into a supreme helpful person. A good person yeah. who like also has all the fame and all the money and all the things. But, you know, he's, it's like nice. He wanted to be nice. He just and the wanted twins. friends. He's got the twins. Don't forget. Speaking of the twins. He's got the twins. So. <laughs> the twins left. As you and Espen say, they're real sisters. As if we didn't. Couldn't tell they were exactly identical the human same. beings. <laughs> I don't care if it is an orgy of death. There's still such a thing as an Afghan. But they are not Swedish. They are oh. Southern. And they had the voice, the accent, dubbed in because two questions. What, two su- why two couldn't they just be southern? Why couldn't they just be southern? Why, yeah, why couldn't they just be southern? 
Uh, I guess because they they had their heart set on the characters' names, these vital, pivotal characters that I did not know had names, being named Elsa and Inga. So like, they can't be together, but then why couldn't you just make them fake a Swedish accent? Look, literally, nothing. the fact that they even have a speaking line is incredible. So, yeah. like, what, how many? So many hoops. Call so many hoops. Bed. That's all you have to say. Incredible. Um, I don't have a ton more to say, so I think that we should just do what we always do on this podcast. And let's get get to the yelling. The quick draw is about more than speed. It's also about pointing a stake the right way. And there can be splinter issues. It is a true test of dexterity. Can you open this? No, I tear it and it gets all sloshy. Time for yelling. I always go. I always don't go first. I'm going to break yeah. the law and go first. Whoa. If you didn't need another reason and not watch the previously on in any fucking episode, not that this one super matters because it's not like a big reveal, but oh my god, why are we showing Jonathan the fucking so previously good. on? You it's think? so good. Oh my god, the theme song with him in it? It's perfect. Oh no, 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 not the credits. Oh. The previously on. Oh, the previously on where yeah. you're like, it starts with him, him and earshot. Jonathan, right? yeah. But I guess you almost kind of need that too to be like, oh, remember this guy? Because legit, it, it's it's hard to, okay, I take everything I just said back. I take that, I'm going to yell, Take. I'm not going to yell about this except I'm still going to talk about it, but Knowing the Jonathan we know now in season six, who became such a character, would you have remembered him? Could you could you pretend like you never saw season six or season seven for that matter? And would you th- do you think you would have remembered Jonathan? Right? Yeah, just because he earshot, oh, right? That. And the prom, I don't know. Those moments stick in my head so much. The class protector thing and the, uh, the sure fucking earshot. Yeah. I mean, he was a character, but he looks a lot different as Jonathan Superstar versus Jonathan Nerd. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. He does look like almost a totally different person. It might be necessary. To have it in there. Yeah. It might be, yeah. All right, if I can take it back. Yeah. But I, I feel... But the theme song was fucking amazing. Oh, and, and the, the, him like walking slowly towards the camera mm. with the building cape is supposed to be a direct uh, homage to Angel. Of course. Because that's exactly what he does. Okay. Yeah. So good. Because he feels like he's getting blasted by an air fan. <laughs> can't see it's so good uh yeah the nimza witch defense uh i don't know if she said anything about it no she just said that it is a real chess move she wasn't sure if she pronounced it correctly and she uh, definitely didn't know how to set the board up yeah board is to 100 wrong it's an opener move it's oh. not like that was like in the middle of a game of chess right and this is um just the beginning like the literal opening however i did learn that in the oxford companion to, of chess there are 1327 named openings and variants jesus christ that this sounds is, stressful is, oh my god i'm looking at the wikipedia and it's just like n6 e f f you know it's just like all the the letters and numbers for where things can go right. on the board and this is essentially imagine i move my middle pawn two up and you take one of your um what is it with the horse? The knights. You take mm-hmm. one of the knights out. So your first move as black is to move your knight. And my first move as white is to move my pawn two spaces. Like one of the center pawns. I don't know if it matters which one. but we, that, So that's the opening move of the Nimzowitz defense. So what was shown here was just a full like game of chess. Right. They're just playing a game of chess. But the, that's just an opening move. But I also learned that opening moves have sometimes been plotted out up to 30 moves in advance. So an opening move can consist of about 30 moves. Because if I do this, then you do that. And we just basically move everything to a point where then we're at the middle stage of a game. And then there's also, you know, hundreds of ending named variants for how to end games. And it's only so often, I, I guess now, where people get fully off script. And it's like a big deal when you're not playing to a certain thing. Because like, there's so many named variants 
that eventually you're going to fall into one of them at some point. Right. But if you're playing it off script, apparently that's like, that's a big deal. So Because it happens so frequently because they've named every single fucking movie. Which is insane to me. I didn't, I didn't know that. Insane to me. That's so, too much. Yeah. Gary Kasparov, we've heard his name. He's a grand world champion. Raymond Keene is a grandmaster. Uh, they both said in a, maybe a book that they wrote, quote, it has never been fully accepted as, de- as a dependable opening. Nevertheless, it is sound and offers the Maverick spirit a great deal of foreign territory to explore. Wow. <laughs> wow. Do you have a Maverick spirit? Fasia. God. Anya, he fights better than I do. And I'm the Slayer. The Slayer? I mean, that's supposed to mean something, right? Oh. Buck up, you. You kill the best. Go, you. Kill, kill. Actually, not needing validation right now, but thank you. That was so much. The Nimza Witch defense. I don't that's wrong. <sighs> Adam says, I am interested in chaos. Fucking why? Yeah. Like, he still has no motivation. And Jane Espenson might have given him a uranium core, but she gave him no purpose. He is still just sitting in a library? In a room? Somewhere? Yeah, they were in a library. They killed the librarian, and then they were. That was in a pretty gruesome, dead fake. Holy body. shit! Yeah, <laughs> insides of. I I don't think I ever noticed that any other time I've ever watched this episode. Like I conveniently looked away from the screen when the body was on the fucking TV. Apparently, because holy shit! I mean, it's very obviously a fake dead yeah. body, but like, goddamn. Maybe it's that HD giving it too much away. Maybe, but yeah, I, it's totally true. What what are we doing? Yeah. What a running in place. Generic bad guy is generic bad guy. Um, can you check on the dog real quick? Stupid dog. I think they're doing something bad. Why is it my job and not your job? Oh, yeah, I can get out now. I'm so used to being trapped. Yeah, you're like super untrapped. My bad. They're just running around barking like fucking idiots. It sounds like they're kind of tearing something up. They're tearing each other's hearts up. (laughs) It's tearing up my heart when I'm with you. Where we are apart, I feel oh. it too. Thank you. I'm sorry. It just, it just sounded like they were like, wrestling. just wrestling. Just a couple of pups wrestling. Or whatever the Swedish equivalent of wrestling is. <laughs> Can't have Southern accents. No. Uh, the initiative review, as we've said, was really, really dumb. Jonathan being the best part. But however, Uranium-235, I did learn that it is real. Mm. Obviously. I mean, we do. Uranium's a thing. Uh, I did learn that this type of uranium, um, 235, is fissile, so it can sustain a nuclear reaction, and it's the only fissile isotope found in nature, period. So, like, everything else has to be made in order to be nuclear reactive, except for uranium-235. So I don't know if maybe that's why she chose it, just because it is natural. Um, and then when Jonathan was like, or when, what was it? Riley asked, how long, how long does it survive? And he's like forever, basically forever. It's true. The half-life is 703.8 million years. God damn. Wow. So essentially forever is about right. Wow. So you've turned yelling into facts. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. I've learned so much. I like facts corner. That's great. Facts corner. Facts. Facts corner. Okay. I'm learning girl. You're not going away. Why aren't you going away? Why aren't you going away? It's fun to see Anya and Buffy interact. Yeah, yeah, they had a that was a great episode for Anya and Buffy. We definitely don't get them solo very often. Oh my so. god, when it's like about the prawns, or, what mm-hmm. was it? The world without the, the world with nothing but. And then and then Buffy's like, yeah. "Can you explain it?" No, you're messing it all and up. You're messing it all up. <laughs> and then she's like, uh, 
moving the pawns, and then Anya's like, prawns? Anya, tell them about the alternate universes. Oh, okay. Um, say you really like shrimp a lot. Or we could say you don't like shrimp at all. Blah, I wish there weren't any shrimp, you'd say to yourself. Stop, you're saying it wrong. I think that Jonathan may be doing something so that he's manipulating the world, and we're all like his pawns. Or prawns. Stop with the shrimp. I am trying to do something here. And the, the look, <laughs> I caught the look, so I was like, oh my god, she's like legitimately so mad. <laughs> Cool it with the shrimp. <laughs> so, while we're on the subject of that scene specifically, well, this was over two scenes, but you know what I'm talking about. Why is Anya at Xander's place when Xander isn't there? So, can we conclude that she has? Do we know been? that she has anywhere else to live? Yeah. Well, we don't know. But she has like, been gone at convenient other times. Where is she? But maybe they just got done. He just went off to work. Maybe. Question mark. So she's just like, I'm just gonna stay here yeah. in the basement all day. True. Since that was a short one, I'm gonna go again. The Dingo's poster. What is this shit? I'm fucking, it's my show. I do what I want. The Dingo's poster. Okay. One of the Jonathan posters, as everything's turning back to normal, turns into a Dingo's poster. Now, we got to assume that that poster's kind of fresh, right? <laughs> poster's I, fresh. I would, oh, okay. So here's Conspiracy Corner. Okay. Are they still a band? Are they still a band? Did is they just still in us? town? No, no, no. I don't think that. I'm not going that far. What if, what if they got a new guitarist who wears a werewolf mask? On stage, West Borland style or something. Oh, right, right. Buckethead. Oh my God, sure. Buckethead shows up. Would Would you think that it's Seth Green? Do you think Seth Green's still here? No, I, I don't think Oz is still around. No. But I'm saying, did they replace him? Yeah. I mean, they must have, right? If the poster is fresh, why Why that poster too? Because like that just opens up some questions. Or maybe this is a really subtle way to be like, don't forget about Oz. You guys don't forget about Oz. Hi. Oh, that's what I was going to say. I think I it's know. just a recognizable poster. Or maybe it was just a really easy digital image they already had. Yeah, that's mm. true. <laughs> because the high-tech zoom-over replace is uh, very high-tech. I thought that was going to be a Lycos ad. Remember yeah, Lycos, guys? I do. The Sunnydale Times. <laughs> uh, newspaper we've never seen. Oh, I didn't even realize. Black and white, not us. The Sunnydale Times. We print in color. <laughs> Oh, holy shit. Whose turn is it? I took two times. Yeah, you did. Daniel? Okay. Like a, yeah, come on. Two in a row. Serenade in blue. That was so good. I'm glad that they gave a lot of time to that whole scene. Oh, yeah. The whole bronze scene, was so, bronze scene was so great. Uh, composed by Harry Warren in 1942. He also did On the Ashton, <laughs> uh Topeka and Santa Fe. Uh, Jeepers Creepers. Louis Armstrong used to play that. Uh, and you guys might know That's Amore. He also oh, yeah. did the... the um, Composition for that. The lyrics for this were by Matt Gordon. He did At Last, which was a huge hit for Etta James. And uh, also Chattanooga Choo Choo, no which is a, also a great song. Uh, this was uh, Glenn Miller Orchestra, though, is who made it famous. Uh, they had a movie called The Orchestra Wives back in 1942. Apparently every big band had a movie, but this one was actually like good. People liked this one. Uh, it was a number two song on the pop charts in 1942. And recorded later by Francis Langford, Paul, the Paul Whiteman Orchestra, uh, Vic Damone, who just passed away. We talked about Vic Damone. Uh, Stan Getz, and then a lot of jazz. Stan Getz, uh, Benny Goodman, Dexter Gordon, and then Frank Sinatra on Sinatra Swingin'. Sinatra and Swingin' Bass uh, sure. from 1962. Wow. Uh, not a lot of other people have covered it since then, or at least not on Wikipedia. So. Well, thanks. Serenade in Blue, excellent though. So Bucking good. for bringing it back around. 
Two takes of Jonathan singing it, and then two takes of Riley and Buffy. Mm-hmm. So they had to do a lot of work to put it together. And um, excellent job. Jane Espenson was praising Dross overseeing the editing of it because of having everything synced up with the music, especially too, mm-hmm. with him lip singing. And yeah, it's flawless. You, flawless. you would never know. Yep. Great job, show. Very good. So and because yeah, when you needed to stitch it, you just move away to the, the crowd. I mean, mm-hmm. our, our friends. Okay. Simple. Xander, don't speak Latin in front of the books. Librum incendere and expect. Sandra, don't speak Latin in front of the books. I love withering, withering lines from Giles to Xander. We don't get enough of them. See, you remember when he used to, Giles is mean to Oswatch? It should have always been Giles is mean to Xander Watch. That's true. And that would have been fun. Yeah, Yeah. that would be a check. Too bad we can't change anything. Can't go back in time. I don't know if you comp this about the demon, the Tomogenesis, that Jonathan created. But it's supposed to be the worst of all things. The things are nightmare. All of our nightmares combine nightmares. I have to say, this is the most lame fucking duck demon of all time. Should I say this for the monster of the week? But anyway, I have a nightmare in my head of Buffy. There's like uh, somebody who's a friend. He's like one of our friends, and his like skin is falling apart. He's like puffy. He wears like normal clothes, but he's like one of our friends. He drives a car. Oh, Clem. Clem. Yeah. Is this Clem? No, but not 100% dissimilar. Clem doesn't have a beard, but yeah, he's like got floppy ears and oh, like saggy skin. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's like, his skin is falling off. He looks like yeah. a dog. Looks yeah, like, he does. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. But, but they kind of, the skin color though is very pale. And... Clem is really white, yeah. Really? Like white, okay. white. Yeah. What color is this thing? Like pinky. He's like pink. Pinky. <laughs> pink and white, I feel like. There's one just standing I just say, too long. Some guy with like slightly longer arms that's kind of just like around. Not. No. And he also got taken down by Karen with a K, who yeah. didn't not even a fighter, and a little bit of smoke from Tara. Yeah, and a wooden door. Jane has and a wooden door. That too. Like he's she even said so. Yeah, like this is supposed to be a nightmare creature that and he can't get through a fucking wooden door. And what he <laughs> pounded on it all night, and then like one person walked down. And he's like, oh, I've gotta go. <laughs> like, what was this? Gotta say, don't black ask questions. Black don't ask questions. Now, if slang was a competitive sport, then I'd have a chance. You know, we could have figure staking and speed staking. I, uh, sorry, this just isn't my game. Anya, we learn a little bit more about her vengeance demon stuff because I mean, she wanted Buffy wanted to know about alternate realities, and she was like, "Yeah, sometimes I." You know, when I was granting wishes, I wish they were a dog. I wish they were ugly. I wish that they were in love with President McKinley. And I don't know, is the McKinley thing just that he's old? Like, we're just, it's, hey, it's an old reference. Anya's been around forever. Because I can find nothing about McKinley having any crazy affairs or, you know, the guy who shot him, killed him wasn't in love with him or anything right like yeah that. so jane just like, like she that? didn't really elaborate she just said i thought it would be a funny joke but i think the joke is supposed to be the guy that assassinated and okay. loved him for some reason mm. or just old i mean it was a hundred years ago i thought it was just ago. supposed to be yeah like like back in the mckinley administration yeah I mean, that's just it means a long time ago right, yeah. that's all i can assume i don't know but it was not elaborated on i don't it's love yeah him. don't know he loved anarchism yes hmm. and not mckinley and not mckinley <laughs> I think we can all agree that the Jonathan poster on the back of Riley's door oh. is a massive improvement from the balls poster, and I wish it was still there. Inexplicably shirtless, because he has to be. It's in his contract. And I love that they're still just playing the game with Jonathan. Just 
Oh, it's just so wonderful. It's the, all, the only thing that could have made this episode better is Forrest. If Forrest was oh, here, yeah. which is so sad that he's just not here. Where's Forrest? That he wasn't would have even... been fun just to see him in the background wearing a Jonathan t-shirt. Oh, my God. Or just like talk to Jonathan. Oh, I'd give anything to have Forrest in this episode. It'd be so good. You know, he would have had the biggest crush on Jonathan. So, the biggest crush. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's what Bigger they would do. They'd be like, oh, mm-hmm. now we're confirming. Yeah. Yeah. You can't, you can't do it. Yeah. Yeah, the last one I have is uh, Jonathan was said to have coached the U.S. women's team to the 1999 World Cup victory yeah um he didn't do that <laughs> uh, the real woman's head coach was tony DeCino. he died in 2017 very sadly oh. but this was the um this was the one where brandy chastain kicked the penalty kick and ripped off her her shirt oh yeah, that. Yeah, yeah yeah okay Iconic. yeah they made a joke about that Moment. in fresh off the boat remember when like the littlest boy mm. he was like i have to go to my room yeah. Because I was just like, oh, it, no. Well, like, like, it was into her. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, oh, taking oh, her wow. uh, <laughs> She's like. <laughs> well, I saw, apparently, that outside of the Rose Bowl, where the thing was, they gave her a statue. They made a statue on the 20th anniversary last year of her. Like, you know, because that fucking That's shot awesome. Her, oh, like, yeah. Just her sports bra. Like, ah. So good. So good. And I can't believe they gave her a statue. Brandy Chastain. That's great. So what a boss. Not enough lady statues, that's for sure. Yes. Well, I'd like to, an update. And I think that there's something that we should talk about. Mm. So I'm curious if it's been added to our, our little dictionary, lexicon, encyclopedia. I don't know. Daniel, update the watches. Xander, construction outfit watch. No. Maroon jacket watch. I didn't see it. Uh, Force Escape for Riley watch. No, and it pains me to say that. Uh, <laughs> uh, chips Ahoy. Yes. Uh, Buffy threatens uh, Spike because of his chip and uh, the butcher's blood. Yeah. Yeah, yeah well, I mean, they bring even, up the chip. And see, Jonathan, again, even with Spike, is like, hey, he's dangerous, man. Like, let's uh, I know, not, I know. Let's not poke the bear. I know. He's basically saying everything that the episodes have already said, and he's like playing a character. It's almost amazing. Uh, De Hoffman <laughs> Watch, no, but we do learn a little bit more about Anya and Demon stuff. Pretty great. You should lock the door for sure. Lots of barging in. Jonathan walks in specifically at the very end. Sandy Watch, absolutely not. Michael Wick, Amy Goth Watch, yes. I would say yes, because Tara does her smoke, smoke spell. spell. And it's Xander. Does a spell where he lights the book on fire. Yeah. Um, pretty much anything where not Willow doing it is is total or Willow helping is fine. Um, Books a million, sure. Whatever that book was, where they found out that they were being completely gaslit by the world that they live in. Did we get a title? What a dope book! No, no, we no, no. And all out of nowhere, fucking Willow's just like, "Hey guys, we're all being lied to." <laughs> that's, that's and just true. like how you kind of didn't trust Buffy, you're going to immediately trust me, um, <laughs> which is damning yeah, on another really level. Is, yeah. They weren't very well organized. If they had all rushed at Buffy, they could have killed her right away. Thanks, Anya. That won't keep me awake all night. Uh, streets ahead, no, but we do get tons of new locations. Okay, great. Yeah, that's so what many good locations. I mean, but nothing identifiable. But yeah, we got but... a mansion. We've got. <laughs> well, I guess we've already been in the cemeteries before. Brookside Park. And uh, biggest KO, no, except for Jonathan dunking on him in chess. Yeah. Oh. And Giles being so sad about it. Karen with a K. That's what I wanted to say. Karen with a K. Not that it matters, and this is too late for the yelling. Nothing matters. COVID nineteen. Uh, Carol with the K is like, I don't want to interrupt you, <laughs> and then like comes in, like, but can you send my fucking book, please? Like, you already screamed at him while he. I didn't want to interrupt you, but I figured and it was fine for me to interrupt. Well, it looks like a date. No big deal. Just God gonna stare there creepily. God damn it, Karen with the K. Well, thank you for the update in the watches. Mm. God damn you, Karen with the K. Does it ever seem just a little strange that? Jonathan is so good at everything. He's Jonathan. 
way. I was just at the part where he invents the internet. I think it's time to rank this sucker. Very obviously, Willow Hacks. We're talking about that. Slash something. Wicca. This way it comes. They're actual hacks. We haven't had an actual hack in so long. I can't even remember the last one. So we got to get points for that. You do. And Terror Spell and Xander Spell, which you've already mentioned in your watches. Right. Yeah, that's a lot. i got to right. give it an eight. It's a lot. It would be more if the plot depended on it. Which right, I mean, Jonathan does a spell. The plot that is the whole plot. But no. But true, true. That, no, that's a great point. That should have been on there too. Jonathan, I don't know. Yeah. We're doing spells. Doing great. spells. And he will continue after I'm this. Sure this he will. is not. This is a, maybe his first alliance, but not his last. Yes. Giles sidelined again. This is a low season for for our faithful patriarch Giles. But uh, he hate he hate he ate the most buttered toast <laughs> I've ever seen in my life, and inspired me to eat an entire loaf of bread with more butter than one person should consume in a night. So. Seven. What an inspiration. He also keeps Jonathan's swimsuit calendar underneath his big calendar at his desk. And no one's weirded out by what he does at that desk looking at like that calendar. calendar. Riley, now, at first I was like, what did he even do? But when no one believes Buffy, mm-hmm. when she's trying to rally the troops and everyone's like, well, should we listen to her? She's pretty dumb. He, he's, he he's stands like, up for her. But she's she's wrong. Yeah. But I've learned a thing or two about this girl. But I definitely know more about her than you guys do who have been her friends for years. So <laughs> I think we'll listen to her. But I, I, I do have to say that that was a solid move. Solid move on his part. Because I think that's a true testament of support and loyalty, right? Where it's mm-hmm. like, I don't know what she's saying, but she's let's do what she says. Looks like Riley's just not as bad as we thought. Gave him a seven. I mean, he's definitely trending higher than Joyce ever did. (laughs) Give him that for sure. That's not hard. (laughs) (laughs) Monster of the Week, as discussed, the nightmare supposed monster, fucking terrible. I'm not going to count Jonathan as a bad guy because how could we? How could we ever? Not in our hearts. Maybe maybe when he's part of the trio. But even then, he was always the voice of reason and like wanting to do the right thing. Was he the bad guy? And he got murdered. He did. He did get murdered. Was he the bad guy in your shot? What was the bad guy in your shot? Technically... But also, no, it was the, the cafeteria lady. Oh, yes. right. And I think my even thrown in the unnamed telepathic demons. Yeah, yeah. Too. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. That's right. He was just part of part of that whole thing. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. Relationship goodness. Or, oh, I didn't tell tell you what I ranked for. for... Oh, no, I did. Yeah, yeah. Monster of the Week? No, I only give it a two. Oh. Because it sucked. It was a stupid demon. But the, the uh, makeup was the only thing that gave it not a It's a Clem's one. suit before they just set it out in the sun for two years. <laughs> And, and like let it, let it hang over slowly. something where mm-hmm. gravity could take its toll. Yeah, yeah. On, on, in the shade. So it it's fun that it reminded out. you of Clem because one, I forgot Clem was a character, and two, would have never made that. That I situation. must have been looking through something and I saw Clem in the car. And and like, Buffy, hey. Buffy's looking at at this fucking freak in a car. I'm like, what is that? A bad guy? And then I was like, no. Isn't that they friends? I, I need you to tell me more about Clem. After he does eat kittens. Here. He is kind of a good guy, but there is one point where he like freaks out and does that Frodo thing where Frodo's like, Gah! give me the the ring. Mm-hmm. I think. I don't know. I have that in my head. So. Where does he come from? Where does he go? He comes from Spike's poker game. No, I will not. I will absolutely <laughs> not indulge you. Can Wait, I do? <laughs> Spike's poker game? Yes. Hate Never it. forget the shark man. Hate it. Time. Oh my god, yes. Time is what turns kittens into cats. That's right. One of the best lines of the show. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. I love it. Anyway, that's where Clown comes from. Time is what turns ponies into horses. Nope. Nope. Remember how we got you? That's not, that's not how that works. <laughs> oh, 
And I did want to say, because uh, it drove me a little bit nuts, the thing on, on Jonathan's back that's the symbol of the monster, it's like a weird scar and not a tattoo. But somebody in the episode specifically says Jonathan has that same tattoo on his back. Mm. Jane Espenson, when she wrote the script, wrote it as a tattoo. Mm. So, like, uh, I'm sure they didn't bother anyone else but me. I was like, that's like scarification and definitely not a tattoo. So that's fine. Okay. I also love that he's just like, I put it on my body so that I wouldn't forget. Everyone's like, yeah. <laughs> That makes sense. Another reasonable thing. <laughs> Jonathan, you're so smart. <laughs> and like, I just love that. Not only is the June calendar awesome with this fucking cowbunga dude, but like, why? Why? Why would you even let this go to print, Jonathan? You print know that that's simple. a glaring, yeah, like... Fucking amazing. Oh, you can't. You can't. Relationship goodness or badness. So we got a lot of... Th- but I love that everyone's looking at his calendar so intently. That they notice it. Like, Buffy remembers it because she's done nothing but stare at this calendar I know. forever. It's like, even when they were turning it, she's like, oh, oh. so funny. So yes. funny. I love it so much. Relationship goodness or badness. Now, Willow and Tara, obviously great. We get a little subtle hand touch little there. Touch. I mean, Moment. because I'm not, like, heterosexual and I didn't, especially in my formative years, like, hang out with primarily heterosexual people... All my friends were gay and stuff. We were all just gay. There's gay everywhere gay. I don't know how much, and I think people must, that they, they really, they'd have kind of blinders on to that stuff. So like, even if she was actually looking, her eyeballs were looking at their mm-hmm. hands touching, I don't know that it would register. And I think we're supposed to believe that it wouldn't have because I think they've been obviously like overtly hand-holding and stuff before, but I don't fucking know. Also, this is really the only first this time Buffy as Buffy time. that has yeah. seen them. So maybe not. What the fuck? What do I know? Anyway, Willow and Tara are great. I don't like that she had to be monster bait. Jane Espenson said something really callous in the fucking, <laughs> uh, what is it called? Commentary, DVD commentary, where she was like, oh yeah, we always need somebody to be like, you know, the person that gets attacked is always, you know, so Tara was the one in this episode. Man, she had no idea how bad it was going to get for her. <laughs> and I'm like, ah, Jane, what the fuck? So bad. So, so That made me sad. Um, Anya, Xander, fine, I guess, right? But it's all yeah. about Buffy and Riley. Now, like I said at the top, I feel like that was the only thing I could see in this episode was them fucking talking about it. But really, in essence, they didn't actually talk about it. I have a question for both of you. And I'm sure we touched on this already in Who Are You? But um, do you think that Buffy, one, should be mad at Riley? And two, that Riley for a second... Because Jonathan implies... Buffy feels like she can't measure up to Faith because she's more experienced sexually. Do you think that Buffy would, one, be ever, like, jealous of that or, like, scared of that, actually feel those feelings? Or two, think Riley thinks that? So, I have a threefold question. One, should she be mad? Two, does Buffy is Buffy actually jealous slash insecure about that? And three, would she think Riley was thinking those things? I wouldn't say she should be mad, but I don't think it would be unreasonable to be mad. Or want to talk about it, at least. Right. Yeah, because, I mean, Riley didn't, in, in essence, do anything wrong because he thought it was Buffy. He wasn't, like, actively cheating on her or anything. But at the same time, like, why didn't you know? <laughs> I don't know. It's, why would you think? Okay, two. Because she looked at Giles when he was a demon and knew he was Giles. Yeah, but, like, he had his his literal his Giles, eyes. Giles eyes. Yeah. So? He was a literal <laughs> demon. <laughs> okay. Two, do you think Buffy would actually be insecure about Faith's sexual prowess? Yes. Three, do you think Riley was actually thinking, like, had this, like, oh, man, this wow, is this is better. way better. I mean, it is the first time he says I love you. Hey. Ah, great, great, great. Okay, Daniel, should 
Buffy be mad? I think it, that was said correctly in the show that Buffy knows she shouldn't be, but she can't help it. Mm-hmm. So if you're gonna be, if you're gonna feel it, you gotta get it out however you can. Yeah. But it is illogical to be angry because it doesn't make sense. And because unlike Giles, where Giles turned into it, they literally swap bodies. It wasn't right. like she it was became, Faith's brown eyes looking back. If it, at, it was Faith yeah. brown, then yeah, I would be like, oh yeah, then you're looking at someone totally different. But it's like. This is the worst because it's literally her body. Right. And you couldn't tell. You couldn't tell. Okay, but it was Maybe. literally not Giles' body. Would you would <laughs> no, you no, no, would no. you literally no. look at a demon even if he has brown eyes and think that is definitely Giles? Let's let's go to the tape like, of a new man. And how, <laughs> where did we put new man? Oh, that was a trash episode. Yeah. Why was it trash? Because of your that those reasons. <laughs> it's it's fake and contrived. It's stupid. Okay. It's stupid then, it's stupid now. I'm with you. Like if if that's like lore in the world. And people are like, the eyes are so, a window to the soul I think it's more that Buffy is like so perceptive. I think Riley's just Maybe. a rando, per, like regular person like us. I wouldn't expect Xander to know that. And I wouldn't even really expect Willow to know that. It's dark. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I would have to think that Buffy, who was used to being compared to Faith, because how do you not naturally draw comparisons between the two Slayers, Slayers. who has her body stolen by the evil Slayer, would not think like... Is she really that similar to me? You couldn't tell something was wrong. Yeah, I think that she can, again, like, she can think that all she wants. But, yeah. And, and I don't think it'll help when Riley's like, yeah, I mean, I'm sure she doesn't want to hear it. But if Riley were to describe the scenario of what I happened, mean, it would be out of character for Buffy. But it wouldn't be like, I don't, what's Riley going to be like? No, no, I don't want to be around you. My girlfriend. Well, Goodbye. Just thinking about it as Buffy, if this happened to me, and he was like, "No, I couldn't tell the difference." Like, what? You could not tell like something was wrong. I mean, that's fair. But, like, because from the second she walks into that doorway, like, different well, vibes, even just right? like I don't know, like the way she moves, the way she talks, like the things that she's saying. I assume maybe the way she's having sex with him sure, sure. because she's like, "Let's do it with the door open," and like that's not Buffy, like. Faith, like, on a fundamental level is so different from Buffy. Like, how could you not tell? But then at the same time be like, but, you know, what a bizarre thing to just immediately be like, you're not Buffy, except that I could do that with Giles and I knew it was Giles and, like, go back. Yeah. But imagine if Buffy was, like, I am going to do this as far as Spice up the relationship. Right. And then next time Riley's like, get away, Faith. <laughs> <laughs> get away, demon lady. Start punching Faith. Like, like, are you sure you're not Faith? Are you sure you're not Faith? Oh, sure it's such a Faith? good... <laughs> in, in, well, in a healthier relationship with like maybe adults, they could have fun with that. But they're together not. longer because like, like been it's together been for five minutes. minutes. <laughs> and Faith is like just the worst, the worst person to come around and fuck Buffy's shit up. Yeah. Yeah. And she did. She fucking fucked it all up. It might be one of those things too. Like... Part of it is just that it was faith. Out of everyone, it could have been. It had to be fucking faith. Faith in my body. I'm sure it's a lot of that too. With Buffy, oh sure, it's just like I'm not even mad at him. I'm mad at like just me. It's such a huge it's, violation. Yes, right. Yeah. Totally. Jesus. Yeah. yeah. I think you know what? I'm glad that we just hashed that out a little bit, and I still have my, my follow up two and three question for you. But um, I, I I think that does make this episode even better because of what you said. Where like we didn't have to have that whole conversation mm-hmm. because I think Stacey, you're absolutely right that I'm sure within her head she's like. How could you not know? But like, also, oh, I get that you couldn't. Okay. But how could you not know? So instead of doing that and blaming Riley and dragging it out and him saying what we've said, it's just like, oh, fuck it. Let's just dance. Yeah. Okay. So number two, do you think that Buffy would be insecure? I think yes as well. About Faith's sexual prowess? Yes. Just because of the comparisons constantly between them. Yeah, that's fair. That's so I think fair. everything yeah. would just make her think. Maybe she doesn't always care. 
or she can just like write it off. But again, deep down, I think that was with Faith, it just cuts hmm. more than other stuff. Do you think Riley thought it was better? I, who knows? I don't know, yeah. but I think what, what Stacia said was <laughs> I mean, that was great. Was fantastic. Fantastic off so, the dome because I did not think that for a second. And <laughs> very funny. And, uh, <laughs> and it's true, right? Never said it before. It does. Buffy know that he said it? No. So that's still up in the air. Well, that's what Jonathan was saying. Like, you got to tell her. But I don't think we did. Like, the whole point was they didn't tell her. of course, Jonathan, because he's the greatest man in the world, (laughs) knows. Riley was like, hey, man, I told her that I loved her. And And it turned out it was fake. But she doesn't know that. Right, right. So (laughs) Jonathan knows everything (laughs) and just gets that heart to heart. Like, you got to tell her, man. You got to tell her. Okay, well. (laughs) So good. Relationship good to madness. I gave a six. Oh, wow. Because it was a roller coaster of emotion. We don't really know what's happening. And yeah, Riley didn't actually even say at, at the end of all of it. Like, I know sh- we don't need to talk about it. You could have took one second to be like, I love you. <laughs> that wasn't the right moment. You got to wait, wait till they fine. have sex on Whatever. The orgasm wall. That's episode... where you say I love you. Oh, God. Sorry. That's going to happen. Uh, episode specific. Not a quote this time for me. This the The gag of Buffy making Jonathan's coffee. Because we don't know until right at the very end, where like she's she's stirring the coffee, she puts the cream in, she puts the, like way too much sugar in it, and she's like, ah, oh, shit, okay. And then after she's all done stirring it, hands it to Jonathan because it's like you think she's making coffee for herself, but I don't know. It was such a simple little gag, and it was so fucking funny. And then in the commentary, Jane Espenson said that was Sarah Michelle Gellar's idea. I was like, fucking fantastic. Was this at the coffee shop? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I remember when she was like pouring. So much forever, yeah. So much, yeah. Uh, and also that scene. In so maybe co- that's why you took only one sip. It was like, oh, this sucks. It's I mean, it could be. <laughs> like, go. um, that scene was actually supposed to be them walking down the main street with you know Sonya Slim and everything, and people going by with like I heard Jonathan shirts oh, and all that stuff. Just so much better with the band. But it was raining, so they couldn't uh, do it. And also the scene of Karen with a K. Um, they were when they go back to the mansion and it's Sergeant Sergeant's like, oh, thanks for coming by, whatever. Yeah. That was supposed to be at the site where she got attacked. So it was supposed oh. to be outside too, but it was raining. Oh, well, so, but I, everything better, would, you would better for, yeah. and also raining, that was all nice. That worked really well yeah, for, for Karen being out there getting attacked. Yes. But I love Jonathan just leaning up against the wall and just having the banner in the background. You can do anything you want, Buffy. <laughs> that's, I mean, maybe that was planned all the time because that's so good. So iconic. Ah, I love it so much. Anyway, that little joke, I give it a five. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so 35 for the episode. Uh, which puts it at number 13 for the season of 17. So pretty low. Right above Harsh Light of Day and right below Doom. You're going to draw all this talk. I know. I can't on the fly like you guys. You're so Harsh willing to accommodate change. But I have Doomed. Harsh Light of Day and Doomed. In the middle of Harsh Light of Day and Doomed. <laughs> Look, blame You're gonna, coronavirus. I know. Well, I do blame and coronavirus. And I will regret this later, I'm sure. This but it, is you know, This is fucking science. School okay? bad. You cannot doctor science hard. on the fly. Okay? <laughs> you guys can put stuff willy-nilly because it's just a matter of, do I like it better? Do I not like it better? That's all you got to do. Okay? I have work to do and I cannot change it. Simple maths. <laughs> out of your... Out of my grasp. Out of your Station. <laughs> really struggled with this one because historically I really like this episode. This time... Just made me sad that we don't have a Jonathan who can cure this virus for no. us. Oh, Jonathan. He, well, he went to med school, too. <gasps> exactly. He, he would have been in there. Fraud, right? He would have been doing it. Could have been. No, I think in this world it's real. It's all real. It's real. I mean, this is real. Clearly he was singing and playing in the trumpet. That's true. It's all real. That's a good point. I love yeah. real. Okay. Anyways. 
<laughs> so I struggle a little where to put this because I don't want to put it too low because I know I do like it historically, but at the same time, I don't know. You just know. keep putting an asterisk next to it. I, I did great on a curve. It's the COVID score, yeah. Um, so yeah, I read it on a curve. So I put it at 30 out of 73. Oh, see, that's high. Yeah. That's good. I mean, it's high ish. It's high middle. It's on the higher side of middle. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty right smack dab in the middle, but, uh, it's below gingerbread and living conditions and above earshot, which I thought was nice. And graduation day part two. You put this above earshot. I did. Mm, disagree firmly. And graduation day, I disagree firmly. Mm. I number 52 out of 137 uh, like fear itself which I was thinking about where to put it fear itself is also this episode Mm. it solves and moves our plot in a creative fun way that doesn't require a lot of talking and if you are talking it's under the context of what a fun zany episode we're in so fear itself for me was number 53 this one's 52 I think this one just Jane makes it better than fear itself so 52 it's very good and also very i i noted like it's all very dreamy there's a lot of restlessy vibes we've talked about this season just like weird sort of staccato rhythms weird dream-like things happening i don't know if they like purposefully did that kind of stuff to lead up to restless but oh i cannot imagine they did I don't know. I don't know. It all. It seems a lot more thought well, out. Well, maybe. I mean, this like, maybe even a hush that was like a dream of Jasmine. Just Tuesday. little yeah. things happening. That's so. Lots of plays on words. Lots of great dialogue. It's it's such a great, great, great episode. Um, but it's not that great. Fifty two. Middle. Yeah. High middle. It's like you thirty out of seventy. Like that's it's about the same. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I'm glad we talked about this, and I'm sorry, future me. Uh, that I rank this solo. I'm sure in the end I'll regret it. But like, like I said, can't change the facts. We have one every year. School hard. I only have eyes for you. And, <laughs> I mean, the Dark Age. Dark and, Age. Uh, Com- completely wrong. I mean, everything. I think I would argue that Dark Age was a huge benefit to this oh. podcast overall. Oh, a huge benefit to the <laughs> podcast. I thought you were about to say Dark Age is better than Superstar. Oh, God. No. no disagree. But at least we can say that this episode's in the book. Superstar, over. We never have to watch it ever Would again. Would we rather rewatch Superstar again next week or uh, watch uh, Where the Wild Things Are? Easy call. We watch this Once More again. Again. Oh, So, nice. <laughs> please do join us next week. I mean, you don't have to. I would get it if you skip it. Uh, where the Wild Things Are. Season 4, episode Oh, we're going to dunk all over. It's going to be fun. I think it will be fun just because it's awful and we'll have at least lots of things to yell about, I would think. So many things to yell about. So please join us next time for Where the Wild Things Are, if you can stomach it. Uh, until then, Stacia, do you have anything else to say about this episode, Superstar? I do not. Daniel, do you have anything to say about this episode, Superstar? No more, no more final thoughts from me. Okay. Well, thank you so much for listening. I can't wait to talk to you again. The dogs also can't wait to talk to you again. Stacia, say goodbye. Goodbye. Daniel, say goodbye. Goodbye. Whoa! Goodbye. You know what I'll always remember? Well, the swimsuit calendar sticking in my mind. Not in a good way. I'll always remember the way he made me feel about me. Valued respect. Sort of tingly. And now I'm just empty. Poor Xander. I guess Jonathan hurt you most of all. Um. Except, of course, after Tara. Did anyone else feel way too tall? I felt way too tall. I like this clothes.
he had really cool clothes. Step aside, partner, it's my day. Bend an ear and listen to my version of a really solid Tennessee excursion. Pardon me, boy, is that the Chattanooga Juju? Yes, yes, track 29. Boy, you can give me a shine. Can you afford to board Chattanooga Choo-Choo? I got my fare And just a trifle to spare You leave the Pennsylvania station about a quarter to four Read a magazine oh, No Jonathan, but doing okay. <laughs>